Hello and welcome to The Last Looks Podcast, a show where we catch up with talented hairstylists and makeup artists in the film and television industry. We'll pick their super creative brains and find out all the good stuff. Join me, your host, Jamie Lee, in finding out what's what in the hair and makeup departments around the world. And now, a word from our sponsor. Calling all hairstylists and makeup artists. Would you like to have a strong wig knowledge? A solid foundation to build your wig styling skills on? Would you like to gain the respect of your cast, colleagues, and employers when it comes to wig work? And feel more confident in knowing how to handle, style, and apply wigs? Well, do we have a treat for you. Introducing Last Looks Workshops. Come down to Beverly Hills and join Jamie Lee and Rob Pickens in the Last Looks Workshops experience. Spaces are limited, so be sure not to dilly-dally. For more details, visit lastlooksworkshops.com. And now, our feature presentation. On the Last Looks podcast today, I'm catching up with hairstylist Lindsay Nunnally and makeup artist Arlene Martinez. I've had a few guests now say that they would love to hear from some artists coming up in the industry, so I decided to chat to these two ladies about their journey of working in the industry here in LA. And we also talk about working towards joining the local 706 union and the separate set of struggles and hurdles involved with that. So to find out more, stay tuned. Welcome to the Last Looks podcast, ladies. Thank you for having us. Hello. <laughs> I love that. Um, now, you're both reasonably fresh into your individual journeys as hair and makeup professionals, breaking into TV and film. Lindsay, you're predominantly a hairstylist, and Arlene, you're a makeup artist, and you're both based in Los Angeles and not in Local 706 yet. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, so I would love you guys to finish this sentence for me, okay? You're going to have to have turns. Once upon a time, there were two little girls, and when they grew up, they wanted to be a veterinarian until I realized that not all animals could be saved. Okay. So you just were like, no, I can't do it. No, I couldn't do it. Okay. I'm so thankful for them, but not for me. Okay. <laughs> Arlene? Oh, for sure. When I was little, I wanted to be a monster maker. Oh, you did? I knew that like I love film. I'm a big movie geek and practical effects like blew my mind as a kid and I had to figure it out and I would pause the VHS and like look for little cutaways and I would like try to figure out everything like I was obsessed. That's very cool. So I'm going to go back to Lindsay and say so how do we go from veterinarian into hair? <laughs> Um, we don't. We take a very long, twisty, windy road <laughs> to get there. Um, I went to school, graduated from high school, went into college. I was on a path to basically work in human trafficking, and I didn't know exactly if I wanted to do a psychology side of it or FBI, but I graduated with a degree and was pursuing apprenticeships and then... Through that, I had taken a theatrical makeup class just for fun, and there was a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure this is what I'm supposed to do. 
But then the other side of me was, you know, small town Lindsay, you go to school, you graduate, you do all these steps. And so I was afraid, I guess, to pursue that. And then I graduated with this kind of lost feeling of I did want to have this career potentially with the FBI, but then there was something pulling me in a different direction. So I just packed up and left and went to cosmetology school. Okay. So may I just say a completely different direction? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> like far out. That's mind blowing. <laughs> I mean, I've always had a creative side to me. I was in band. I played four instruments. I like to draw. I make jewelry. So there is creative background to me. But yes, career wise, full on different direction. Holy moly. And Arlene, so because you knew you wanted to do that, what were the steps that you kind of took to start making that happen? You know, like I... I'm just uh, a little valley girl here from L.A. And I didn't know anybody that, that, you know, worked in the industry. But I noticed that, like, filming was all around us. And I recognized, you know, things I would see in movies and TV uh, locations here, like where I live. And it felt tangible. So I was always, you know, grabbing my friends and doing makeovers. And I used to do girls eyebrows in high school back in the day and they would pay me to do their eyebrows I like volunteered for a bunch of stuff like the theater program I went to a performing arts school so there was a lot to um, you know do makeup and hair for and I was just learning and actually this is a good shout out to a theater teacher at my school I went to him and to volunteer to do makeup for all the plays and he on and his with his own money went to a store that I, I wasn't even aware of called cinema secrets which sadly has closed down now and he bought me a little like my first makeup kit and oh, wow. like if it really wasn't for him like I wouldn't have known about a lot of things but he was just so happy to, for someone to be part of it and I learned a lot from them and again at that point I still don't think I was ever gonna like have an opportunity or a chance to go to makeup school because they are very expensive. And then I was <laughs> working in a grocery store in the meat department. And I had, you know, a lot of people didn't really encourage me, but one person really, really encouraged me. And it kind of just took that one person to say, like, follow what you really love to do. And then from then on, I, I quit my job and then I went to school full time and I went to MUD. And I've been working ever since. That's very cool. It is true that it can just take that one person to give you kind of a kick up the ass and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Totally. So thank goodness for them, right? (laughs) 100%. And Lindsay, so going to cosmetology school, what made you want to go in the direction of film television? I think because of that theatrical makeup class I took in college, I kind of recognize the opportunities. Like I said, small town, had no idea about film and TV. No one I knew was pursuing anything like that. I I don't even think I knew it was a career option. I didn't really watch movies and stuff as kids. We weren't, we didn't have cable. And when I took that class, like a whole world opened up. And originally I had loved effects stuff. And then there was something in the back of my head that said, you should probably learn hair too, because 
once you get to LA, then you can do hair and makeup. And that just seems like people would hire someone who could do both. So the minute I got to school, I kept saying out loud that I was going to move to LA to do hair and makeup. And I feel like it was more for my own brain to process that rather than letting people know. I just hyping myself up and and telling myself I could do it. I could do it. Be the first one in the family. Be the first one in your town. Like you can do this. It is a job. And hair coloring never really stuck with me. I didn't have an interest in it, but we would have to do all of these sets on our mannequins. And I was like, what? I don't understand. We just have to keep doing these curls and setting them. But then what? What do you do with this? And YouTube was a big inspiration for me. So I got on YouTube and would set these mannequins and then brush them out how I saw them do it on YouTube. And another, another thing clicked in my brain like this, it's this, this is what I need to do. And then as soon as I graduated, I made my way over here. Where did you move from? Um, well, originally from Washington, and then I moved to Oregon. And then I went to cosmetology school in Arizona. And then I'm here. (laughs) Nice. That's how we met. (laughs) Yes. In Arizona? No. Okay. So back in college, I knew a girl who, once I had told her I took this theater class, she said, oh, I worked on this short film in Idaho over the summer and I met some really amazing makeup artists. Let me get you in touch with them. And of course, they both lived in LA and I was still in Washington. And I reached out and told her, you know, I was interested and I had taken this class and although I didn't have any sort of resume at all, that it was sort of a dream of mine and I was going to go to cosmetology school. And I, I feel like, I don't know, Arlene, obviously you can speak on this, but from my perspective, I, <laughs> I was like, a, oh yeah, okay, kid, I'll, I'll see you later. But I kept sort of in contact with her and seven years it took me to get here. Uh, I said, hey, I'm finally here any chance that I could ever assist you or learn from you or help you or do anything. And a few months after that, she hired me for my first feature. And we actually shot it back in Washington, which was kind of (laughs) surreal. Oh, that's awesome. So perseverance, I would say, is definitely a good trait to have. (laughs) Yes. Most definitely. Like over the years, I've had a lot of people... And I love it. Like, I love helping people. It's all about networking. And when I worked on the horror movie, the actress that I worked with was telling me that she went to school with a friend who's really interested. Can, you know, you talk to her? And, and, you know, I get a lot of emails and uh, messages. And I love it. And I love to help when I can. And I, you know, always told Lindsay, like, yeah, follow up with me. And then she would. And I said, when you come down here, like, again, let me know. Follow up with me. And she totally did. And she stayed fresh in my mind. And then I knew that we had a position that was for like assisting on set. And she was eager to learn. And I'm like, this is a perfect project for you. Plus, you get to go home to your state, which I knew you would, you know, not mind. So it worked out really good. And, you know, that was uh, how many years ago, Lindsay? And we're still friends. And Yeah, we have been on quite a journey, I would feel like, with the projects that we end up on. But we just wrapped a movie, actually, where we're, uh, you were doing hair. Yes. Yeah, we did. That was fun. Yay. I love this. 
This is brilliant. And I, I, do, I do remember myself back in the day and somebody kind of just saying, just be persistent, persevere. <laughs> and I think it is, you know, without being rude or pushy or annoying, I think there's definitely something to be said for it. So just staying, you know, in contact with people that can hopefully help you out at some point. And that move to Los Angeles, I think is probably one of the biggest scariest things to do so well done it's still scary but i love it yeah yeah it's a place to be and home's not too far away so that's good right correct (laughs) so i would love to hear from you both as to i guess some things that you've found to be difficult so the struggles that you've had kind of busting in to the industry because I feel like I talk to people and some people are like it just fell on my lap and I'm like wow okay but most other people are trying to bust down doors to get in so how has it been trying to find work? I've struggled a bit knowing Arlene and another makeup artist I met on that same project have guided me a lot through it so It's been very helpful and I feel like I have a little bit more of an inside knowledge, I guess, of how it works in 706. I'm still very confused by 706, but I can ask anything and they've been a great resource. So I joined a lot of Facebook groups. I have now, because of Arlene and April, been um, recommended for different jobs. So just networking on those different jobs. And I weirdly joined, not weirdly, but I joined Background. And I think that's been one of the biggest things that has taught me the ins and outs of it, because I get to be on these big productions and just watch people and ask questions if I can, but mostly just observing and figuring out who is who and what department does what. And that's sort of armed me with a little bit more knowledge than I think just working on student films where you can pick up maybe some bad habits because we're all just guessing at that point. Yeah. I'm just going to interrupt and give people a little backstory on how I met Lindsay. And it was through Lindsay doing background. (laughs) She DM'd me on Instagram and said that she listens to the podcast and that she just happens to be being in background on the project that I was working on. Was that last year? Yeah. And if she could chat to me one day on set, and I was like, yeah, for sure. Um, I was kind of running around like a headless chicken most of the time. Um, (laughs) But I did, I'd never really thought of that as being a way to kind of see how it all works, especially on big productions. Because when you're not in the union, getting on set on a big show is not a thing you can do as being part of the hair or makeup department if you're not in the union. So um, unless you become a PA of some sort, but you may not be doing hair or makeup. So, I mean, and you're experiencing it too, Lindsay, being a background artist, going through the crowd tent or crowd room and having your hair and makeup done by people, getting to meet all of these people. So well done. I think that's a really smart move. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, initially I got a lot of, Well, not a lot, but when I would chat with whoever's chair I was in, there was kind of a question of, well, why are you doing this? And, (laughs) you know, some is survival. Listen, it's not easy to live in LA. Mm. But yeah, a lot of it was just kind of being in the back and watching and learning. And I, I would recommend that to anyone, actually, who's trying to break into this. No one likes you anyway as a background person, so you can't really do anything too crazy to mess that up. And then you can just be quiet and watch. Yeah. I think so. And 
also if you're not entirely clear on what's involved or what it's like to be on set for 17 hours I think you'll yeah crash course in learning how that all works (laughs) so you may become a background artist and be like oh man I do not want to work in this industry this is horrible or it may just light that fire under you to be like okay good I got to do this Yeah. So actually, one of my very first jobs was working on Feud and was super brand new to even just working down in LA in general. And I remember walking in, there was hundreds of us back doing background. And then there was, you know, all of this crew to match how many people were there. And I went through the works again. I don't even know what that is. I get in some line. I'm waiting there to get told what to do next. There's buzz everywhere everyone's doing something it's chaotic but it's amazing and this guy walks down and he's kind of just observing everyone in line and he stops in front of the girl next to me and he kind of pauses and looks at her and has her turn around and then face him again and he said who did your hair and she told him and he steps back and he goes gosh I have the best team and I remember sitting there next to her thinking wow what an amazing thing to say, first of all, he didn't get, you know, upset that it wasn't his work or something. He was so in admiration of this hairstyle. And we went through this whole day. This was a 17 hour day for me as background. So I can't even imagine how long the crew was there. They finally wrapped us. And I remember thinking to myself all day, okay, Lindsay, here's your chance. You're finally on set go talk to someone. And then I hear the other person in my head, okay, but don't do that because that's not probably appropriate or how you should operate. And then the other side, okay, but this is maybe your only chance. (laughs) So finally, I run to someone who had done my hair and I said, you know, I'm really interested in, in doing hair in the industry. Would it be okay if you just looked at my portfolio? And at this time, I think I had like five pictures, Mm. mostly from school on mannequins. And they said, actually, the person you want to talk to is... Chris. And I'm like, okay, I'm on the hunt for someone named Chris. And I probably go where I'm not supposed to go. They're shooting another scene with just the two principals. And I find him in a very dark hallway. <laughs> I say, <laughs> hi, are you Chris? He goes, uh, yeah. And I say, you know, same thing. I'm so interested in doing hair. Would you be able to look at my portfolio or give me an advice? I'd really appreciate it. I'm so sorry also for just interrupting this. And he took my phone and he very thoroughly looked through my five pictures, took the time and said, just keep going. Take every job you can, learn from everyone, keep adding to your books. This is great, you're gonna be great. And that was Chris Clark. Yeah. So shout out to Chris (laughs) Clark for being, first of all, that guy in line who was so, you know, wonderful and admiring everyone's work and saying he had this great team and then after 17 plus hours for him on set, exhausted, took the time to talk to me. That was, that made a huge, huge thing in my life. So that's very cool. <laughs> and um, Arlene, so doing the makeup school, so going to MUD and coming out of that, like how was that finding your first, first jobs and stuff? How did you go about doing that? Oh, wow. I am, I'm going to start off by saying I'm like a huge hustler as far as working work ethic um i took a lot of jobs while i was in school Mm -hmm. i took a lot of jobs off the job board i really just made 
the best of my opportunity there. Like I had, I was there for like a full year at MUD and there was night classes and I would stay late to like, they would be closing and like kick me out. And I would talk to the instructors and I would ask questions and everyone was so helpful. Right out of of makeup school, one of my first really big jobs was working at a effects lab. And that was huge for me uh, to work with a, a major makeup artist, Barney Berman. And he hired me on the spot and it was just like, let's do this. So I just, you know, hit the floor running. When I first started, they're, they're finishing up big projects like Star Trek with J.J. Abrams. And they were working, they were finishing up Mission Impossible. And when I went to MUD, they didn't teach silicone in our effects class. And they do that now. So because we all know that silicone prosthetics are kind of like the norm it's what we see on everyday like television and movies but it was all new to me and I just had like a crash course from the best makeup artist out there working in LA because from there I got to work my way up in the lab from there making prosthetics Barney would take me to set I would assist him I would assist uh, other makeup artists. Oh my gosh, from from working there, I got to work with like Margaret Prentice special effects, like Tony G special effects. These are all like yeah. award-winning makeup artists like Jennifer Aspinall. Just, <laughs> I learned, I got to learn so much from, from the best. And what I really learned, it's so far, it's all about networking. So networking with uh, other alum from MUD, you know, every job. I feel like I get other jobs really from like other makeup artists because when I first started makeup, there wasn't social media. Mm. It was really, uh, I don't know who remembers. We had to carry around those big portfolios, printed pictures, like giant leather bound books mm-hmm. uh, of your like special effects or your molds. And, um, you know, which is quite different than like a little picture when you have a giant like 11 by 14 portfolio and you're being interviewed and they're looking at a jumbo piece of your work uh, has been totally different than the now with social media before I had to use the mercury report and do cold calls and pass out my business card to everybody. So hitting the ground running and on top of it, just making the most of my opportunities for networking. Mm-hmm. You know, and learning from a lot of other makeup artists. Because like Lindsay mentioned, like so much is happening. There's commotion. Everyone's doing their department. You kind of feel like you get lost in the mix of you don't know what's happening. Yeah. And I think too, when you start on smaller projects as well, where you may be the only hairstylist or makeup artist, and you may not have, be lucky enough to have someone experienced guiding you, you're kind of trying to, make it up right you're like uh fake it till I make it <laughs> yes definitely faking it till you make it <laughs> so uh, Arlene I think it sounds like you're lucky enough to work under some people who could guide you which is very fortunate I think I know that in other countries that is normal I know that in Los Angeles that is not the norm um, there seems to be sometimes a large separation between non-union and union and those do not cross over too much. So I think being able to do the workshop stuff definitely kind of got you over that wall 
a little bit faster, which is fantastic. Oh yeah, most definitely. I don't know if there's anything in the hair world like that. So (laughs) I don't know. Um, So let's talk a little bit about Local 706, so the union in LA and what your experience has been, I guess, just trying to navigate that and figure out what it is, how to join, and I guess maybe just the what you're finding the most difficult um, difficult thing to make that happen. Well, definitely I'm going to pick up right where I left off mm-hmm. from working in sex lab, mm. making prosthetics. Like you could be working on union films and television, making all the prosthetics and molds. There's so many little jobs in an effects lab. And it takes a huge crew to make everything that a show needs. And it could be a union show, mm. but you don't accumulate any union hours working in the lab. Yeah. So that, like, I was working there for a while before I even knew anything about that. And I wish someone told me, because uh, I loved I loved working there and I loved what I was doing. It just felt like it wasn't going towards ultimately what I want to do was focus on film and television. But it just felt like we were working, you know, six days a week, 12 hours a day, and, you know, making prosthetic after prosthetic, just grinding out all all this work. And it just felt like it never accumulated to anything. When I found that out, I literally like stood up from my workstation. I'm like, wait, what? Like, I was ready to like stand on the table, like unionize, unionize, like what, what's happening here? So I feel like not like a lack of communication, but there are just so many uh, jobs. I can only speak for makeup and special effects Mm. where a lot of those jobs don't count towards your union days. Yeah. I mean, they count towards a lot of other stuff. Right. But it's just, um, yeah, the union situation. I'm sure experience, learning, being there, meeting all those people, like, of course, was incredible. But if you're trying to build up your days, then tricky. Yeah, it's tricky when, you know, I would be there all week. And on a Sunday, I would (laughs) take another job, like a photo shoot or music video, which also, you know, wouldn't count or it's a different tier. So I just felt like very stuck. So how did you find out what? you needed to do you know again with a lot of networking and speaking to a lot of artists that would help me because I had no idea I had no idea that hair would be different makeup would be different because it is the same local Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I had no idea that all those days would be separate because as we mentioned earlier when you're non-union you do jobs for your hair and makeup Yeah. And because I did not go to cosmetology school, but I have a lot of experience with wigs and lace pieces and those kind of prosthetics as a whole, when we would have to build full characters, but that counts as hair, not makeup or special effects. So finding that out slowly, actually through the years from other people, you know, really helped help me out through like really the years because I also was working with the military doing training simulations with medics. 
So I would oh, wow. be on a military base. And now that I'm saying, I can't talk about it too much, but <laughs> <laughs> I would make a lot of blood for these scenarios. They were, they're buying stuff in the store and doing it themselves. And nothing was really working to dress the scene to for these medics. So they actually called my makeup school and asked for someone that could help with blood and making gore look realistic in a, in a medical stance. So I got a call saying, would I be interested in living on a military base for a full year, but I would be working constantly making gore. And I was like, I have to do this. But that was, you know, again, time where to get your days for 706, you're on a time period where you have to get so many days, you know, your 60 days within 60 days. So that was really hard for me too, because I was a whole year loving my job and loving work and making blood every day, mm. which I loved. But, you know, I only had a few days off and I would drive back to LA, work on a music video, my days off, and then drive back to the military base. And as we know, m music videos don't count or it's a different tier. So I just feel like, you know, crawling, crawling through the sand here little by little while I was working a lot, but at the same time, figuring out like what, what I wanted to do for the future and, you know, what counts for the goals that I had as like a working makeup artist, you know, it kind of changes because there's so many things happening. Our technology keeps changing with beauty makeup. I worked with Makeup Forever a lot and I love working with that company. So I just felt like uh, I was all over the place with working, which was great. Like I would help out at the IMAX working with Makeup Forever. And then I also did demos for MUD, my makeup school as an alumni, as uh, like special effects demos, uh, like Monster Palooza. So like, I feel like I'm always busy, but <laughs> like what, what, what days are counting towards my contract service application? You know, it's totally different than I feel like my career. Yeah. Cause you, I mean, you don't want to give up these opportunities to go and do this cool stuff, but at the same time, it's just like, ah, oh, damn it. It doesn't go towards my, my days. So that's tricky. And what about you, Lindsay? How did you, how did you even find out that there was a union? <laughs> From Arlene. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like I said, the other girl who was on that movie, um, her name's April. She's now in the union. Yay. I guess just learning from their struggles they set me up to be as successful as I possibly can so from day one it was you know start organizing your paperwork get things signed get whatever you need in a file and yeah they they've been pretty instrumental in helping me figure that out yeah but it still has been a journey because like Arlene was saying music videos photo shoots all these things which aren't bad we've all learned so many different things from them and we've met so many different people and those have led to other jobs and it's all a snowball effect but I guess when the days run out when we know that it's only those days only count for so long there is sort of a rat race feel where all that stuff is great and we've learned it all but it doesn't count so oh my gosh what am I doing? I need to get the days that count. And how do you get those days? So balancing the opportunities that come our way with whatever job it is, but then also making sure we get the days that do count in the time limit. Mm -hmm. That's been a little bit stressful. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on how it works? How it's set up? I think the UK has it figured out with their trainee programs. I had learned from your podcast that there used to be 
um, an apprenticeship program here. Um, Through the studios. Yeah. And I just thought that was such a great idea because, you know, you're getting that firsthand experience from people who actually know what they're doing. You take on responsibilities. You are helping. I, you know, again, because I did background and I watch, I see so many little things that just get lost and forgotten about where um, it's important, of course, but, you know, last looks are probably a little bit more important in this moment right now. But if you had a trainee, they can go back to the trailer and organize continuity photos or clean up, run errands, all of these things. So I'm, I'm confused why it doesn't exist anymore and how do we get it back? Especially if, I mean, I don't know if those days could ever be considered union days for us, you know, work on the, on these sets and get paid, help out, and earn days. But it just feels like it's a win for literally everyone. Yeah. I mean, I will say that the UK, they don't have a union as such. So I guess that wall isn't there. So you can hire someone as a junior and a trainee and work your way up. That's kind of just a um, something that they've implemented themselves. We do the same thing in New Zealand and Australia, but we don't have unions. So yeah tricky it's kind of there there are benefits to the union and I guess there's a reason why they don't want to just let everybody in free willy-nilly I I don't know um (laughs) one day I'll find out (laughs) maybe someone could educate me (laughs) one day I look forward to it I would love to know why yeah do you do you think they should bring the apprenticeship program back with the studios here I don't know if I, I feel like did somebody I feel like maybe was it Gail Ryan explained to me why they took it away and it was because I think a studio was getting sued over something so you know how the suing thing is is so big over here so um I guess they just shut it down to avoid that so I don't know I don't know if it necessarily should be a studio thing but what I would like to see yes I agree totally that I personally as a head of department would absolutely love to have a non-union person working on my bigger jobs who is in a junior position probably getting paid less and maybe not even being able to do hair and makeup I don't know but just being able to be there just have some type of level of I don't know just being able to learn yeah and that those hours can go towards your union days in some capacity I understand that some people hire on a PA level but that doesn't go towards your days because you're not listed yeah you're not listed on the call sheet under hairstylist or makeup artist so it doesn't count I don't really I don't know what the answer is and I'm sure there is discussion about it but just like everything things take so long to get worked out when there's multiple groups of people involved so um yeah I hope so for everybody coming in this direction in the future that there could be something set up like that it'd be amazing that would be amazing also what I find hard to understand it's confusing Mm. is that theme park workers are their own section as well I've had a lot of experience doing Halloween makeup for Knott's Halloween Haunt. I did that for years. You know, that doesn't count. Some theme parks, you know, do count in like theater. I know they have their own separate. You know, I worked at Queen Mary Shipwreck doing makeup. And that's a full like month of work mm. that doesn't count. If you're doing that, you can't do anything else. I just wish that we had like better 
like umbrella work of like if you're doing hair if you're doing makeup or wigs like I hope that these days would count for all like for all of us why couldn't we all be union you know yeah I get you're saying because they have different rosters so you have like the theme park roster and then theater and yeah no that's what's hard for me yeah like I work work on swap over and work on different or if they could all count together as one pool like I've done you know music videos and commercials and then like a union commercial and then a short like I have so many you know files going to contract services for all the different work that I'm doing I just feel like it's so spread out if I could accumulate them it'd be so helpful (laughs) I'm sure like a lot of people yeah I don't I don't know if helpful is what the aim is (laughs) (laughs) true if I may be so bold They're making it difficult for a reason, I'm sure. And I don't know if that's because if there's too many people in the union that they feel like it takes work away from others. I, I don't I don't know. I don't understand enough about it. I should and I don't. So that's my bad. Apologies. Maybe we can interview someone from seven oh six. Maybe. <laughs> How is it so hard? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, do we, are we getting, how close are we guys? What, what, how close are we to getting your days? Like, where are you guys at right now? If you don't mind sharing. Oh my gosh. No, I'm, thank you for asking. Cause I'm very <laughs> excited. I only need a handful of days to join 706 as a full roster makeup artist. I need 10 more days. Okay. 10 more days, people. I'm putting it out there. I would love to work on any show. <laughs> I'm a very hard worker. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so close. I can taste it. Yeah. So that's um, industry experience roster. So the IER, I believe it's called, um, which means you can work on film and television. And is that doing your 60, 60, 60? Uh, yeah, I have that file going, but I also have worked on. You have a 30 day union on a, yeah, okay. for makeup on a union movie. And you hear, here we go. This is where I, <laughs> all my troubles come from. I've also done hair department head for a union TV show. And I've had 30 days, mm. um, but I can't join because it's only in hair. And it's the same local, but it doesn't count. They're separate. And then I can't join as a hairstylist because I didn't go to cosmetology school. Yeah, and I mean, it's not your passion anyway. You don't want to join. Yeah, I don't want to do that. And you can switch over. I don't know if you guys know that. Like, you can once, like, if you go from hair to makeup or makeup to hair. You have to, I think, be on the roster for a couple years. Or There's, again, another little rule about that. Okay. So, again, I felt so close, and I almost did it, but it was, I have, like, you know, hair days okay so the 10 days that you need are they union days or non-union union union days okay and when does that expire next year okay i'm definitely hoping i could uh work on something i you know like you said some people you know have a great story like they work on a show or it gets flipped or mm-hmm. um you know i just that story is not my story i or my days are all over the place so yeah to be this close you know i'm really excited well i'm amped for you it's gonna yeah it's gonna happen thank you <laughs> and Lindsay, i'm pretty far um i had a, a pretty good chunk of days in 2017 but mm-hmm. 
unless they pause that period that we were in quarantine, then those days are gone. So I'm not exactly sure I had everything I did have pre-pandemic, I submitted to contract services, but since then I've accumulated more days, but I'm, I'm still pretty far. And I also didn't recognize until a little bit later that the things like music videos and photo shoots and those things didn't count. So I'm not exactly sure how many days I do have, but Arlene is much closer. <laughs> you know what? I have some information that might help yeah. Lindsay and anyone who's listening. This is not on contract services website for, for me calling constantly. I found out that if you were working and I had to prove that I was working while the shutdown happened, the days that I was out of work to the day I worked again, you get that allowance that doesn't count against you. So if you're out, for example, if you're not working for like 100 days, they're going to give you an extra 100 days of allowance that's not going to expire because of the shutdown. That's good to know. Yeah. So that could like help someone if like, you know, you're a week off or a few days off or even like, you know, I, I had a show proof because uh, I was working on a commercial where we literally were asked to leave that day like we were really shut down and then I had to show proof that I actually went back to that commercial you know like eight months later Mm -hmm. and they gave me those allowance days so hopefully that helps other people yeah something to look into for sure and I think if I would give anyone some advice from my experience back not that long ago I would probably say it's very helpful hearing from hair and makeup people who are already in the union as to what to do but also I think try and get as much information directly from the horse's mouth so speaking to contract services and local 706 to completely understand and get the list of things of what goes towards days what doesn't and completely understand what you need because I think if you're asking a makeup artist, for instance, that's been in the union for 20 years, things may have changed and they may be a little fuzzy on that information. So I think things can get lost in, you know, playing telephone. So that would be my advice is go directly to the source. (laughs) Oh, and uh, Contract Services has their own app now. Oh, nice. So you can download it and it's, you know, easier. I feel like a faster response then calling and having them like call you back. Okay. That's cool. So, ta-da. <laughs> and do you want to explain what contract services is for someone who does is right at the beginning of things? Contract services, you know, they're so secretive. I, I kind of don't no, know. No, but just, <laughs> I guess just to explain what, what your interaction is with them to get into the union. I've had a whole journey with contract services from the beginning uh definitely i would tell anybody like you said talk to people from experience my experiences they've lost a lot of my paperwork oh yeah you need to photocopy everything you have to have like the best copies and backups for your backups Mm -hmm. they've lost my tangible copies and when they moved buildings they actually lost all my digital accounts i had to start a whole another account and resubmit everything so i think being diligent and taking care of your paperwork is so important that, you know, before the pandemic, you can go into contract service and speak to somebody. I felt like that was a lot helpful because I had uh, plenty of questions during mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But now, like, you can call them and they'll call you back. But they are definitely who you go through before 
your local or really any local. You yeah. turn in all your paperwork and all your pay stubs. And that's where I had a problem with my paperwork is that, you know, in smaller budget projects, they list you as hair, makeup or MUA, hair, vanities. I've had Glam Squad on the call sheet before yeah. and they will not accept that. You have to really make sure in your deal memo, your paycheck, everything, all your paperwork, just make sure it either says hair or makeup because yeah. they will, and this has happened to me, they've cut my days in half. Yeah, if it says hair and makeup. Yeah. Yeah. So contract services is kind of like the first stop of where you hand in all your paperwork. Once they say, yes, this is all great, then they hand it on to Local 706 for them to say, yes, this is great, or you're missing this or whatever needs to happen. So yeah, Correct. for anyone who has never heard of what contract services is, that's what that's what they will be to you. And once you join, you have a bit more to do with them just to do safety classes and learn all the do's and don'ts on set and all that type of stuff. So yeah. Lindsay, have you collected any union days or are you at the moment collecting non-union doing 60, 60, 60? Um, I've just recently gained a few union days. Oh, that's exciting. Maybe I haven't. Arlene, did I get a union day? <laughs> yeah, well, um, the TV show was union. Okay, yeah. So yes, but very little, very little days. Uh, mostly 60, 60, 60 so far. Okay. And that's doing 60 days a year for three years within five years. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Which what? So that was so hard for me to grasp. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I guess moving forward, Lindsay, what, what's your game plan? You're just going to keep taking everything you can, right? Everything I can talk to anyone I can. Yeah. Just now that I understand the differences between what counts and what doesn't maybe focus a little bit more on pursuing those jobs in particular, just because I am getting to the point where things are dropping off now after that five-year mark. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just hustle. And um, at the end of it right now, like how do you think the struggle's worth it? I do. Yeah, I do. Again, I do wish there was some sort of trainee program because I feel like, you know how I said earlier, you're on these sets and everyone's just kind of winging it and you can kind of learn bad habits um, and learn things incorrectly, but you don't know because no one is kind of guiding you. And I... I just feel like if someone were trained from infancy of all of this and then grows with the right teachers and leaders that we just are so much stronger right out of the bat when we join 706 and are more of an asset to a team rather than a little bit of maybe floundering in the beginning of, wow, this is a union set. This is very different from the student film I've been doing, you know, the last however many years. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I do think it's worth it. That's awesome. And Arlene, I'm guessing you think it, the, the struggle's worth it because you're almost there, lady. You're almost there. You know, I'm almost <laughs> so close, but also, like, I never thought I'd be, you know, doing my dream job, really. Mm -hmm. So I don't take anything for granted. I enjoy every day. I, you know, I look forward to every job. Uh, <laughs> I love night shoots. Uh, I love it all. You know, it's definitely worth it. And I get to make, you know, I get to kill people. I get to make gallons and gallons of blood. 
So yeah, I could say that it's worth it and I love my life. <laughs> That's awesome, lady. I love it. So moving forward, what, what skills do you think you need to work on or maybe learn to help you become more, a, more of an employable artist in the future, like once you get into the union? Um, I think for me, on? working on speed of what I'm doing in that moment um, and prioritizing the importance of jobs so I don't get stuck on something that maybe doesn't matter for this exact moment. And I would say self-confidence in my abilities and then taking criticism better. Yeah, I like it. That's good. <laughs> and it is it is difficult to figure out what to prioritize sometimes. So I do, as a head of department, find myself every now and again going, stop do what you're doing. This needs to happen. <laughs> Don't take so long with that. Please just get on with this. This is what's first up. Let's let's move on to this. Forget about that. I know it's fun and you're, <laughs> you're really enjoying doing that wig over there, but this needs to happen right now. So yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And taking criticism, I mean, that's shit, man. That's hard for everybody. And it depends how it's delivered also. <laughs> I have listened to all your podcasts so there are some who are very um maybe old school is the term and they mm -hmm. were abused so they carry that on and maybe that works for their team I just think that maybe overall you don't get people's best work when they're afraid of you um yeah. and so I think there's a way to deliver the same message without making someone feel worthless and it is all about you know at the at the end of the day teamwork and doing this very hard thing together and getting to the other side of it in one piece and having that support with the criticism and guidance of how to be better just seems a little bit like you're again you're going to have people's best work out of that so yeah delivering I think is a little bit important but yes learning how to take that however it comes definitely something I can work on yeah I think it's um uh, it is difficult being an artist and then having to half your job is managing people when you haven't come from a uh, background of doing that, I think. So, and if, yeah, I suppose it's kind of like the, the head chef in the kitchen, right? Throwing pots and pans. It seems to, for the longest time, been okay to treat people like that when really it's probably, yeah, not the, the best way. I don't think anyone should be babysat though, but there's a nice middle ground. There's a middle <laughs> ground, exactly. You don't need to be getting screamed out on set, but no one needs to hold your hand either. So... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Arlene? Oh, uh, you know, I think I've had some advice about being more of a, a yes person than no, meaning like opportunities. I feel like you guys are talking about confidence. You know, there's a lot of confidence that comes with like new and bigger projects and opportunities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there had been times in the past I've been asked to be like on TV or doing demos in front of a big crowd. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. And someone gave me advice about saying yes. And it it's really changed my life for the best. Like every year gets better and better because I've said yes to kind of things that have been asked of me, especially I started a company where I sell my fake blood. I'll make custom fake blood for projects. And that just kind of spiraled because other people were asking about it. And I was like, well, I don't know, like, should I do this? And then really just other people asking, I'm like, you know what, I'm gonna say yes to everything, see what happens. And things are exploding. So 
I mean, that could make me more, you know, employed, but also just like the job opportunities yeah. really, you know, change up and you never know where your career goes if you <laughs> go with the flow more. And I think I was being uh, more restrictive because I was so worried about all these little rules, you know, with the union or contract services. And once I kind of just allowed myself to be an artist, mm-hmm. you know, that's, I feel like when things really blossom for me. Yeah. I think it is, um, you know, don't have to do it all the time, but just, yeah, stepping out of your comfort zone can be really rewarding. It's scary as hell, but it's good. It's a nice challenge. Yes. <laughs> Like me doing this podcast. I was going to say, like us saying yes to this podcast. (laughs) Not going to lie, Arlene and I had a mini dance party to get our anxiety out this morning. (laughs) Maybe that's what I need to do every time. I'm just like... Very helpful. I still remember when my husband said, well, you should start a podcast. And I was like, are you out of your fucking mind? (laughs) Like that, no. Oh my God. That to me was incredibly terrifying and I still get nervous so it is it's a challenge for me every time but uh, I keep doing it there's something wrong (laughs) as a baby hair person your podcast I found it in lockdown and it definitely made me feel like yeah okay I got a boost of this is the right this is still the right track so your podcast really did mean a lot to me so please keep going I'm so glad you could be on it. Yay. (laughs) Thanks for having us. (laughs) So I would like to know what kinds of projects would you want to be working on in the next five years? I'm so pumped up all the time. I really do feel like the sky's the limit. I look forward to working on a ton of movies, not just horror movies, but I, I love film. Again, I'm a big like movie nerd and I love to travel I've done a lot of movies on location I look forward to winning my Oscar so really whatever (laughs) movies are going to bring me to my Academy Award but also selling my custom blood black heart blood has been taking off too so I feel like in the next five years or hopefully even soon I can be selling it in makeup stores that's exciting yeah what about you Lindsay I don't know I think that anything in any realm, any genre, any period that the story that I'm working on is something that brings hope to the audience and maybe some change. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I have anything in particular, but I want it to be a message of, of hope and change for whatever project it is, film, TV, any kind of medium. Yeah, that makes sense from talking about where you started with what you wanted to do as a career, because <laughs> that was all about help, helping people, helping animals. So yeah, that's deep down in your soul. So that's awesome. I love it. Now, what do you guys love about the industry so far? I think for me, meeting everyone, everyone has such a crazy different journey And even just listening to who you've had on the podcast and how everyone's life is so different and everyone's journey into the union and in this world has been so different. And I think that's really exciting because as someone who gets, I don't want to say bored, I have a lot of hobbies, so I'm never really bored, but I like change. I like picking up and moving. I like trying new things. So to have an industry that's constantly changing is exciting. Yeah, you're in the right place. Yeah. Aline? Yeah, exactly. Like every job is so different. Every day of our job is so different. There's no 
two days alike. And I love that. And really, like, I've met so many great people. And I have so many, like, great friends. And that also led to great experiences. I feel grateful all the time. Meeting everybody, having a fun time. We work on a crew, cast and crew. You could tell, like, the energy when everyone is having fun and we all know what we're doing and we're all cohesive and working together like you could feel the magic and that's amazing that's awesome yeah there's nothing quite like a film family it's pretty great yeah now before we wrap up is there any I feel like you guys have given our listeners some advice but is there anything you want to kind of leave with them for those that are maybe at the beginning of their journey Keep all your paperwork. <laughs> yeah. Get doubles, like Arlene said. Yeah. I know maybe it's not very traditional, but I really think doing background was something that helped me tremendously. Yeah. I mean, even if it's just to get a glimpse as to what it's all about. Yeah. And then I I feel like um you'll be great at actually doing hair with background because you'll have much more respect for what it is that they go through all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those uncomfortable shoes and having to stand for <laughs> fifteen hours and yeah, and mime and dance and do all those crazy things. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> Anything, Arlene? I think you know. I think it really comes down to like a lot of networking, mm-hmm. and I know it's easier said than done. But I, I don't know about hair, but a lot of makeup jobs you're going to get hired from another makeup artist or a department head, you know, if someone needs you for a certain kind of prosthetic or I think knowing what you want and then talking to those people in that field, I mean, is really going to go far, I think, with networking. Because you can go to like Staff Me Up and a lot of other paid links for work, but they're really small. I think if you want more work, it really is within like our own community that's pretty small pretty small look I worked with Lindsay her networking with me really worked absolutely that's awesome I love it well ladies it has been amazing catching up with you both and thank you for sharing your stories with us and all the best with your future missions thank you so much for having us For links to see more about our guests, go to our Instagram at The Last Looks Podcast or our website, thelastlookspodcast.com. If you want to keep up with new episodes being released, be sure to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, or any podcast streaming platform. And remember, if you're enjoying the show, share it. The Last Looks Podcast would like to thank Brett Stanley and Sabrina Castro. The song Fun Time by DJ Quads. Thanks for listening. Until next time. That's a wrap, people.